It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News. It's Monday, so let's get to our mailbag. You all sent in questions about what the Warriors will do in free agency and in the draft. But let's start with this question from Eric, who writes in, What is the stat Warriors fans should look at to determine if the Warriors culture is helping Andrew Wiggins succeed? So, in Andrew Wiggins' first game as a Warrior uh, against the Lakers Saturday, he played pretty well. Uh, had five steals. I thought that was tremendous. Um, got out in transition, pushed the pace. Uh, I thought it was about as encouraging of a first uh, performance as the Warriors could have hoped for. And I thought this was a really good question because there are certain benchmarks I think that he could reach that would show that he is sort of embracing the player that the Warriors want him to be, which is a guy who is cutting off the ball, making spot-up threes, pushing the tempo, running up and down the court in transition. Um, and I think... There's three categories that I'm looking at. Field goal percentage, free throw attempts, and steals. If all of those are higher than they were in Minnesota, I think the Warriors would have really found a way to help Wiggins embrace what it is that he does well. I mean, he's a career 44% shooter. He's been one of the worst, uh, one of the least efficient high-volume scorers in the league in his five and a half years in Minnesota. So if you can get him to shoot closer to 48%, which I think is attainable. And the reason I, I say 48%, that's basically what Harrison Barnes shot in his last season with the Warriors. And if Andrew Wiggins is sort of going to fill that extra forward spot next to Draymond Green, I think that sort of percentage uh, would be ideal. And I think he can get there just by taking more shots at the rim. He's an elite finisher. Uh, he shoots almost 60% uh, within five feet of the basket. So if he's Doing that, if he's you know hitting spot-up jumpers that are going to be more open than they ever were in Minnesota, I, I don't see a reason why he couldn't, why, why his shooting percentage wouldn't sort of hover around 48%. Um, and if it does, it means that he's doing all those things that the Warriors want him to do, mostly just becoming a, an elite off-the-ball cutter uh, and getting open looks and easy looks at the basket. Uh, and then free throw attempts, that would come with getting those looks at the basket, right? If he's getting to the basket a bunch, that means that his free throw attempts are going to go up. Um, he hasn't really gotten to the line a bunch in Minnesota, so if I think if he does that more um, in Golden State, it'll show that he's getting the type of shots that Steve Kerr wants him to get. And then, as, and then there's steals, which, look, I think with his length and his athleticism and his ability to... Um, get back into the play even if he does get beat which he does quite often or at least he did in Minnesota if he can start getting some steals that means that he's initiating some transition opportunities he can push the tempo he can get the steal and bring it down to the other end I mean he's a, he's a good enough ball handler and a fast enough athletic enough player where he could really do some damage and get some easy points for the Warriors who uh, this season haven't really had that very much uh, and I think Wiggins should help him do that in a way that Andre Iguodala and Kevin Durant were able to do that um, he had, again, five steals in his first appearances with the Warriors. So, obviously, he's not going to do that all the time. But 
Um, if those steals are up, that means that defensively he's engaged in a way that he just wasn't with the Timberwolves. Um, let's get to our next question. Thoughts on bringing back Glenn Robinson? That comes from Germanium on Twitter. Um, look, that was a tough one for that Warriors locker room. Of the six players that they moved um, before the NBA trade deadline, I don't think that any of them hurt that locker room as much as Glenn Robinson d- did. That includes a guy like D'Angelo Russell. I think that um, I know that teammates and, and coaches admired his low maintenance kind of demeanor. Um, they admired how professional he was. Um, he was just kind of a good guy to be around. He, you know, he he was always seemed to be happy. Always had a smile on his face, and I think he, you know, he rubbed off on a lot of guys, um, a lot of young guys in that locker room. And and he wanted to be in Golden State. And it's been reported in the last couple of days uh, by various outlets that uh, he would have accepted a pay cut to stay with the Warriors. And I got that sense pretty early on. I and mean, this is a guy who was just couldn't get off the bench in Detroit for a guy like Dwayne Casey. And I. I wrote a story on him uh, for the Mercury News early in the season, and he basically was telling me that, uh, you know, Dwayne Casey never really gave him a chance, that uh, he was just relegated to this, you know, spot-up shooter in the corner. Um, They didn't really play very fast. Uh, He didn't really get an opportunity to, you know, know, uh, attack a bent defense or, or really push the tempo in a way that he wants to. And so with the Warriors, he was able to do that, and I thought that they kind of identified his talents right away and used it in a meaningful way and he was their third leading scorer uh that he was their most reliable perimeter defender and uh i think they really wanted to bring him back but they just they couldn't afford it they had to uh trade him along with alec burks to the sixers in in the first move that helped them dodge the luxury tax and the repeater tax but um i do get the sense that he would have taken a pay cut to stay with golden state this summer because he's just has been looking for a place where he can uh thrive right and uh maybe he wouldn't have taken the minimum again but he he may have taken something closer to $3 million, which is what they could have signed him to um, with their early bird rights. Now, that said, he's gone now. So they no longer have his early bird rights, right? He can hit free agency, and they can kind of offer him whatever they want. They can offer him the mid-level exception. So if he, were, if he didn't feel so betrayed that after being traded, if he was open to coming back to Golden State, I, I do think that they will give him a call this summer. I would not rule out the idea of them bringing back Glenn Robinson next year. Again, unrestricted free agent. They can go after him. They have this mid-level exception that will be valued around $6 million. Um, he may not command all of that, but he could be worth it. And you look at the wings that are out there. One of the reasons that Bob Myers decided to pull the trigger on this Andrew Wiggins trade was because they weren't uh, enamored with any of really the the perimeter players that are going to be in free agency. They weren't enamored with what the draft uh, was offering. But if you can go back and get a guy like Glenn Robinson, who's proven in your system that he can play well uh, and knows, you know, obviously all the schemes and the coaching staff and and a lot of his core teammates, then, yeah, I I would be shocked if the Warriors didn't give him a call this summer. So I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Glenn Robinson coming back. And I, I think that the Warriors would welcome it. And depending on, you know, the other offers that Glenn could get, uh, you know, he may welcome it too. Coming up, why trading D'Angelo Russell changes what the Warriors can do in the draft. But first, this spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training with amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, and incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. Arizona has one-of-a-kind spring training experiences, 10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams, and 75-degree temperatures. Can't beat that. All 10 stadiums are within 50 miles of each other, making it easy 
to see as much of the action as possible. And if you if you've ever been to spring training, you know that it gives you a great opportunity to meet players, get autographs, and and do all those sort of things before the game. And then after the game, uh, check out all the amazing restaurants and bars nearby and enjoy live music from local and national artists. Plus. Arizona is known for its incredible landscapes and thrilling outdoor adventures. You can go on hikes, hot air balloon rides, or skydiving. You can even go on jet skiing tours uh, or just take in that beautiful Arizona sunset. So no matter what you love to do, Arizona has you covered. And if you're bringing the kids along, Arizona is a fantastic destination for families with family-friendly resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and organized activities. So plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. This next question comes from Harbed, who writes in, After the Warriors added Wiggins to their roster, which position do you think that they will prioritize with their lottery pick in the 2020 NBA draft? This is a great question because not only after... Not only by acquiring Andrew Wiggins do you not necessarily need to address the wing spot uh, at the top of the draft, but by trading D'Angelo Russell, you free up some guard minutes, too. And this is a draft loaded with point guards at the top. I mean, we're talking about guys like Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, Cole Anthony. Like These are guys um, who are considered you know, the best prospects in what is also considered a pretty weak draft, but uh, you now have kind of opened up, if you're the Warriors— Every possibility, because if you had drafted one of those point guards when D'Angelo Russell was here, well, then I don't know where you find minutes for those point guards to play. And so now you could take one of those guys. If you like one of those guys, I, I still think that they could address the wing spot. Um, I'm hearing a name. One of the names I hear that they like is Washington's Jaden McDaniels. He's a long forward who can probably play the four at the NBA level. And if you pair him with a guy like Andrew Wiggins, I think that makes a lot of sense. You have two really athletic wings who can get out and transition, push the break. Um, kind of swap positions a little bit. Uh, if McDaniels fills out his frame, I think he could guard fours at the NBA level. Um, and then you can also you can obviously go with center. I mean, James Wiseman is this guy, and by tr- again trading D'Angelo Russell, who played at a slow pace, for a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who's gonna help push the pace. James Wiseman's biggest, you know, most important skill, most impressive skill, is his ability to run the floor. And if you if you're Steve Kerr and you're adamant about getting it, pushing the pace and being one of the fastest teams in the NBA, then I think James Wiseman helps you. And that's a position where we know that the Warriors are going to address in the offseason. And I think mostly they've talked about addressing it in in free agency. I still think that's going to be the case. But if they're blown away by what they see from Wiseman in workouts and, and interviews and stuff like that, they can go in that direction too. So now they have all of their options, and that was kind of one of the underrated aspects of swapping D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I expect them still to go and find length. I, I think that this is a team that needs length. They sorely missed it. I don't, that maybe maybe you find that at the point guard spot with a Lamelo Ball or an Anthony Edwards type, or you know maybe you go all the way with the Jaden McDaniels type. And in which case, I think you'd be trading down. Uh, but to me, I think that they now are able to go into the draft process, the scouting process, with just compl- like wide open options and. Uh, 
and so to answer the question, I don't think that they are going to prioritize a position. I think they're going to prioritize a skill set, which is, again, long guys who project as strong perimeter defenders, switchable perimeter defenders, who can push the break. Those are the skills you're looking for. And when you go through the top of this draft, that's what I that that's what I would sort of be looking for as far as trying to project who the Warriors might take uh, with this pick. This next question comes from BBH on Twitter. Is Andre Iguodala eligible to be traded to the Warriors for their traded player exception this offseason, even though he just signed an extension? Uh, well, the short answer is yes. The Warriors can reacquire Andre Iguodala. They can do so one year after they traded him. Uh, so July 1st, they'd be able to reacquire him with the trade exception that they created by moving him to Memphis. I, but that's not going to happen. I know like Warriors fans have had these dreams of an Andre Iguodala um, reunion with the Warriors it's just not going to happen, guys. Like, it's. Just, I think that this trade and him signing the extension with Miami showed that for sure. It was, and I was. I didn't think it was going to happen in the first place. I do think that these this the Warriors mostly wanted to get younger, and even if they go and get a couple of veterans this summer, I don't think that they want to go in a direction where they're getting a thirty six going on thirty seven year old. Uh, they've been there. They've done that with Andre Iguodala. So um, that said. Now it's not going to... like. There's just no way it happens uh, at this point. Miami didn't trade a nice young player in Justice Winslow for a four- or five-month rental in Andre Iguodala. I don't see them willing to be willing to part with him just so just to get rid of that money, right? Like, I don't see them going that going that route because just like the Warriors, the Heat are in win-now mode, and I don't see them uh, trading Iguodala. And part of that extension, by the way, he has a te- there's a team option for his final year, so... Like, the contract is very team-friendly for Miami in that if Giannis decides that he wants to go there and they're going to chase Giannis in 2021, they can get out from that Andre Iguodala contract. So they're not worried about getting off of that that deal. Um, They got Andre Iguodala because they believe that he can be one of those guys who can guard Giannis in a playoff series. He can guard a guy like Ben Simmons in a playoff series. Um, Pascal Siakam from Toronto. Like, he can... Or, you know, Jason Tatum in Boston. Like, he's one of those guys that they can deploy in an Eastern Conference that has quite a few uh, elite wing scores. So, uh, yeah, I just, if 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 you're a Warriors fan, I just want to get your hopes up um, that Andre Iguodala is coming back anytime soon. Coming up, who the Warriors can target in free agency. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their X1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience that is less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everybody, busy moms and dads, first responders and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon. But if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money Back, join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under a thousand bucks. Go to echelonfit.com/lonba to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive to you offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's Echelon. E C H E L O N Fit.com/lonba echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Support for this podcast comes from CDWNHP. 
At CDW, we get that an unsecured laptop can put your company's data at risk, making you a little paranoid. I'm not paranoid. You're paranoid. CDW can implement a secure mobility solution using the HP EliteBook with Intel 8th generation processors and SureView privacy to protect your screen from prying eyes. Did you follow me here? IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash HP security. What was that? This next question comes from Garov, who asks, Who's the best fit for the Warriors at the 5 next year? Would it be worth it to trade a pick for a package involving Miles Turner? Is it wishful thinking that someone like Aaron Baines or Marcus Saul would take the mid-level exception? Uh, okay, so the center spot, I do still think that they're going to address in free agency. Um, they could use their trade exception if they're not going to use it on Andre Godala, which they're not. They could use that on a guy uh, on a center Miles Turner does make a little bit of sense. I think he makes too much money. Actually, let me check that really quick while we're talking here. Um, but Aaron Baines is a really interesting option for them. I think that they would love to get a guy like him. And it would be ironic, obviously, because Aaron Baines is the one who crushed Steph Curry's left hand and sort of turned this season into what it is right now. Um, but, all right, let's check here. Yeah, Miles Turner makes $18 million a year. That's too rich for the mid-level exception, so I don't see the Miles Turner thing happening unless they, of course, move a, a salary like Andrew Wiggins or Draymond Green in exchange for him, and I don't think that they would do that. So uh, Miles Turner is not going to work out. No, you can't stack another salary on top of the mid-level exception. I've been asked that before. You just, you're not allowed to do that based on the rules, so that's not going to happen. Um, but to go back to Aaron Baines, yeah, he's a guy who could stretch the floor from three-point range. He's a big body, so he could you know go against those Jonas Valanciunas types, those, those big body centers. Um, you know, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard with the Clippers. They need a guy like that. Um, a guy like Marcus Saul makes a lot of sense, too. He's going to be a free agent. If he, if he loved the taste of winning championships, maybe he does take a small deal to go to Golden State. I would not rule that out whatsoever. And with Casal, you get a guy who's obviously a big body, but an incredible playmaker from the five spot. And we know with guys like Andrew Bogut that the Warriors love that skill set. They like to facilitate offense. Um through their through their big men, through their centers. It's one of the reasons why they like Marquise Chris so much is because he's particularly good at that. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense to me, like a Marcus Saul. Those are the guys that they're going to chase. Um, and then if that doesn't work out, then I do think you just end up getting the like a big available body just to add to your bullpen of centers that you could get on the cheap, maybe something close to the minimum. I mean, it, it, this isn't going to excite Warriors fans, but a guy like Bismarck Biombo or Jan Mahimi or Ante Zizic, uh, just big dudes, just big dudes that you can plug in at the middle when you need them, when, when you kind of face these more traditional bigs every four or five games, because those guys still exist in the NBA. You don't want to base your entire center rotation on uh, playing those guys because you don't play them as often as you did, like, but uh, every so often you do go against these guys. So just to have one of these guys on on your bench you know, so you could break in case of emergency every four or five games is helpful. You also don't want to spend a lot of money on that, right? Like, you just don't want to, like, we saw guys like Bismack Biombo and Yamahimi get paid already. They're not going to get paid on this next contract. Uh, you, you want to have those guys on cheap deals so that you can play them when you need them. Um, a, a guy that I like is Mason Plumley. Gives you a little bit of stuff like Marcus Gasol does with uh, some playmaking and things like that. Uh, maybe not as expensive, He's an underrated passer. He's a big body. He can roll to the rim pretty well. Uh, he's got good feel for the game. And he plays within his skill set. He's not going to try to do anything that he shouldn't be doing. So I think Mason Plumlee could be an interesting option. 
Um, but let's go to this next question from Spike, who writes in, who do you see the Warriors going after in free agency to complement the existing core and rotation? So let's talk about what that existing core and rotation is. We've got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. That's your four, okay? Then at the five spot, you're looking at Kevon Looney and Marquise Chris and probably another player. And for on, off the bench, I think Kai Bowman is going to play a is going to play a factor off the bench. Um, we'll get to more on him in a second, and obviously Eric Pascal off the bench. And then you've got guys like Damian Lee backing up uh, Clay Thompson. Jordan Poole uh, can also back up Clay Thompson. Uh, you know he's he offers some ball skills and some playmaking too, which the Warriors are going to need. Um, and between Jordan Poole and Kai Bowman. Depending on what they look like in these next 29 games could determine whether or not the Warriors need to go in a direction where they need to address backup point guard behind Steph Curry. Uh, when Steph's on the bench, they don't have a guy like Kevin Durant or Andre Iguodala or Sean Livingston anymore to run their offense through. You could do that, obviously, with Draymond Green, but you also want to pair Draymond Green and Steph Curry together as much as possible. So there's going to be instances where they're on the bench at the same time. And Klay Thompson's not a ball handler, right? He's your... He's coming off screens. He's, he's You're not really running offense through him. You could do some stuff in the post, but you're not going to rely on him to, to run your offense. So I look at the guys that they lost in a Livingston and an Iguodala, um, and I wonder who can fill that sort of role. The Warriors are fortunate, like with Livingston and Iguodala, where they don't have to worry about their outside shooting being a non-factor because there's so much spacing all over the rest of the floor. And I think a, guy, a couple of guys who make sense... If they're not sold on Kai Bowman being their backup point guard or Jordan Poole running a lot of offense or even Damian Lee running a lot of offense, Michael Carter-Williams. And again, not going to excite Warriors fans just like that list of centers I just rattled off, but he's a non-floor spacer, but he's a willing defender. He's a long defender. He could he could play make a little bit. Good vision. Um, you know, a very, very poor man Sean Livingston type, but he's athletic. He can push the break. Could make some sense, Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, he's still managed to, you know, after... I mean, this is a guy who won Rookie of the Year but was traded immediately during the process. Sixers hasn't really made a mark, lived up to that Rookie of the Year uh, status, but he's stayed in the league long enough. I mean, the guy's still in the league. He's an NBA player. Um, So that could be a route that they go. Another guy that I think would fit what they are looking for is Evan Turner. I think you could potentially get him at the mid-level exception. Um, he's, He's in the last year of that big contract he signed a few years ago. Uh, but he's he's going to give you a lot of what you missed with Andre Iguodala. Now he's not going to give you that elite genius type of perimeter defender, but he could play defense. He could he can handle the ball. I think if the if Steve Kerr got Evan Turner and used him in a way that Turner was used under Brad Stevens in Boston, where he's basically your backup point guard um, who provides a lot of length at that spot and can guard guards um, ones and twos. That makes a lot of sense to me. And again, you're not worried about his spacing. He can drive and kick. Um, he could play off the ball. He could play on the ball. Uh, he's a decent enough cutter. I think he's got a good enough feel for the game. And uh, in the locker room, I think he would really fit. He's he's one of those, again, professional, low-maintenance guys. He, te- he tends to be loved everywhere he goes. Um, and so, you know, a guy like that could be an option. And then, uh, and so if you're looking at how the Warriors are going to fill out this bench, it could just be guys, you know, you're looking at maybe a backup point guard who is a little bit long and... and Playmake has playmaking savvy, another perimeter guy, and then possibly a more traditional big man. I think that's how you need to uh, complement what the Warriors already have in place. 
Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. You can catch these questions and a lot more mailbag questions on my story this morning at themercurynews.com. Follow me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And thanks for listening. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked on Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked on podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.